Praise the Lord, and thank you for your giving. We do appreciate you. Come on with your Bibles in your hands. Amen. And repeating after me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple where we love by living our vision every day. Yes, we connect with our Creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Pastor Andre, God bless you. God bless you. And Father God, feed me your word. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Do you remember I said that, uh, oh, about sometime last year that the Lord said not to say, Pastor Andre, feed me this word anymore. But in other words, say, Father God, feed me this word. I almost forgot and almost said me, so I had to change it, slip it, because we want to make sure you know that it's not me that's feeding you. It is the Lord. Yes. Amen. And I, I don't want to talk about any other church, but if you go to a church and you only hear people and you never hear from God, you're in the wrong church. Amen. We ought to be hearing from the Lord. All right. They're going to go ahead and flash up what our title is today. The title is A Star Was Born. Star Was Born. Somebody say that and say, A Star, a star was, born. was Born. There's a famous movie from this same title, and it is a little different. It says, A Star Is Born. And it's an older movie. It was remade just not too long ago with Lady Gaga. And it talks about a star is born. And I'm not uh, talking about the Hollywood star or the rock star. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm actually talking about you, the Christian individual who has been born again. Amen. Somebody say born again. born again. So since you have been born again, you were born a star. And before we were ever in this body that we are in now, several thousand years ago, there was a baby that was laid in the manger. You know, we're getting ready to move into that Christmas season, but there's a baby laid in the manger, and the shepherds, they were looking, and they saw a star, and the star re reflected the baby who was not just a baby, but he was the savior of the world. He was the savior of the universe. But... You, the individual person who has been born again, you actually are a star as well. You were born a star. So let's say it again. A star was born. Say it with me. A, a star, star was born. All right. Now we're going to go into the scripture, and the scripture will be familiar to the Bible study crew, the early morning Bible study, because I believe you guys have been working with this exact same chapter. And so would you go ahead and bring up... Uh, Psalms 8, 1 through 6, we're going to be reading from the New International Version. And so we're going to do, go with the first verse. Lord, our Lord, 
How majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. How majestic is your name in all the earth. You set your glory in the heavens. One version says you set your glory above the heavens. So let's look at, I believe we have a definition here. Let's go to this definition. Majesty, impressive, stateliness, dignity, or beauty. Number two, royal power. I want us to remember that. Impressive stateliness, dignity, or beauty, royal power. So the scripture says, O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. How royal, how beautiful, how dignified, how stately. In other words, when a major head of state shows up in a city, like a city like Muncie, if there is a president to show up here or even the governor to come, the city moves and functions different because it's a head of state. It's somebody that is special that is important. And sometimes, because we're living life, we forget the majesty of God and not just his majesty, the majesty of his name in all the earth. That's why sometimes we drag into church, a star was born. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. No, have a little bit more dignity about who we're talking about. Don't forget. I know life can be hard, but don't forget who you're talking about. When you reference him, you reference him not just like he's just anybody, just anybody. Now, because he's good to us, he allows us to talk to him and pray to him just like I'm talking to my mother. I'm talking to you. Sometimes you can talk to God and say, hey, homie, what's up? And there's nothing wrong with that. But there comes a time to give him the dignity that he deserves, especially on a Sunday morning setting in a time where you can praise God and let loose. Sometimes give God what he deserves because he's majestic and his majesty is so stately, so awesome, so great that it sits above all the earth. That means it actually sits above your problem. Now, your problem may be magnified in your life, and your problem, I'm not trying to minimize your problem. Your problem may be real, but he's higher than your problem. That's why the songwriter said, our God is awesome. He's, he's awesome. In other words, he sits above the issue. And if you don't remember that, what will happen is you will forget who you are because who you're talking about lives in you. And if you can forget him, you forget he lives in you. And the next thing you know, you forget who you are in the process. So remembering the majesty of God and thinking of the majesty of God, it'll help you. So that's why we're going to this chapter. So let's continue to read. Look at verse 2. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. The King James says, out of the mouth of babes, you have ordained praise. And what it means is that even the infant reflects the majesty of God. You mothers who have carried a baby in your womb, 
and seen that baby come out of your own body after nine months or after 37, 38 weeks of gestation and to see that baby come out and see that baby have its form and, and be what it is, it, that is so praiseworthy. That is so awesome. The miracle of childbirth is so awesome. But when you're raising them and they're 12 and 13 and 14 and they done got on your nerves, you forget the miracle of that baby, that child. And not just that, if you watch the child at one, two, three, four, and five, sometimes they say things that blow your mind. You'll find out how awesome they are. Out of the mouth of babes, they are praising God. So if you praise God as an infant, what happened with your 34-year-old mind or your 55-year-old mind? How is it that you forgot how great he is? Sometimes if you really want to be inspired, talk to a child about God because a child has childlike faith and a child believes just because they believe. You can tell a child that there is a tooth fairy and they will believe it even though there is no evidence. It's something about the way a child will latch on. Well, I'm here to tell you with my 47 year old self, it's time for me to get back to childlike faith and believe God like I never believed God before. If you said it, God, you're able to do it. I know I may not see it, but everything can't be based on what you see. Now, all of you who are clapping, you all have done some things based on what you could not see. Now, walking is not based on what you can't see, but some things are based on what you can't see. It reminds me of something you said, Sister Gwen, not too long ago. You talked about learning how to take the one step, even though you can't see the whole staircase. Sometimes you just got to go on the level that you have. You, you don't have to see the big picture. You want God to tell you everything before you move. Well, that's not faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. Well, let me give you an example. Many of y'all have been functioning by faith for a long time and didn't even really know it. So on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you've been working at your job and you don't have any money. They don't give you any money on Monday. They don't give you nothing on Tuesday. They don't give you nothing on Wednesday or Thursday. They just promise there's going to be some money on payday. So you keep clocking in, believing that there's going to be some money. And back in the day, when they gave you money, they gave you a paper check. And you got excited over a paper check, but the paper check wasn't the money. It was just a, a, a promise that money was going to be there, but you don't even know if the people had money in the bank. But you got excited over the check. If I gave you a $1,500 check, you would be excited, but you don't even know if there's any money in the bank. You don't even know if the check's going to bounce, but you've seen the check and got excited. If you can get excited over a paper check, you can get excited over an invisible God that you can't see, but you still can feel him. So get your majesty back when you think about God. Remember who he is in your life. And maybe the thing about it, the truth of the matter is, he never really meant that much to you to begin with. Maybe you're just going through the church motions. But when it's real to you, and I quoted this on Wednesday, and I'll say it again. We used to sing a song that say, real, real, Jesus is real to me. 
So many people doubt him, but I can't live without him. That is why I love him so, because he's so real to me. With Jesus is real to you beyond the church building. When he's real in your car, real in the parking lot, real in your bedroom. When he's real, when you're eating, when he's real in the mall, when he's real, real. You don't have to beg people to praise God. When I come here, I'm ready to praise God, because he's real to me. He's so real. I didn't praise him over a parking spot. You ever been needed to get in and get out? And you show up and somebody in the very first parking spot is backing out the very time you're pulling in. I go ahead and say, God, I thank you. Well, that ain't had nothing to do with God. You don't know. You was just lucky. Well, luck, coincidence, call it whatever you want to call it. But I thank God for everything I got in my life because the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above. So I thank God for everything. I noticed my, my wife, uh, my wife will be asleep and snoring. And she'll wake up, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm looking at you, what are you, you, you sleep. But something in her spirit is still praising God. She's still saying, thank you, Jesus. When it's real to you, I don't need music. I do want some musicians, but I don't have to have musicians to praise the Lord. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. I don't have to wait till Sunday. I don't need a church building. I don't even need a Bible verse. I can just think about how good God has been in my past life, and I can thank him just on that. And I'm sorry, but sometimes... Church folk who don't know how to praise the Lord, they irritate me because maybe they ain't been through what I've been through. Maybe they haven't gone through what I've gone through. But if you've gone through what I've gone through and you're still standing, you can't help but say, thank you, Jesus. We used to sing a song many times when we were young. When I was younger, whenever we were leaving the church, we would say, thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. You've been so good. I just want to thank you, Lord. Well, when you remember his majesty, then you begin to thank the Lord. All right, let's continue to read. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. Oh, this is a key that'll help us. The problem many times is we're only looking at our lives. And in my life, maybe God hasn't come through for me the way I wanted him to yet. And so I keep looking at me and my situation. I'm broke. I'm divorced. I'm sick. And so because of that, it changes how I praise God. But the writer says sometimes you got to look outside yourself and look at the work that he's made. Every now and then just go outside and look up and see the painting that's painted in the sky and you can't help but thank God I may not know what God's going to do in my life but I can say if he can put the sun up there and he can put the sky up there and the clouds can do what they're doing maybe God can work in my situation too so instead of looking at my situation only I look at the heavens go out in nighttime if you can and catch the starry night look at the beauty of what things are going on if you can't think about all of that just look at your arms and your legs and I'm not even talking about the fact that they're here which is awesome the fact that they grow but I want you to look at the scars you got scars on your arm you got scars on your legs scars on your stomach scars maybe on your face and and you look at it and say, all these scars but you forget that means you healed 
See, what, what we forget is the beauty and the miracle of who we are every day. You can cut yourself and your body will heal itself. It will leave a mark to show you that something happened, but it will close up. The wound will close up. Your body will miraculously heal itself. I know you may be, believe in evolution and everything just got here out, out of nothing, out of nowhere. But the simple fact that I can bleed and my body can heal itself. Something is amazing about the creation of my God. I am a walking miracle. But sometimes we forget. But I'm reminded Oh, the older I get, the more I get reminded. I was just reminded just, oh, just this week going to work. Just about from where I am to probably outside the doors, I saw a deer cross over the road. Just quickly cross over the world. But I thank God because he could have crossed while I was there. And the week before, the girl that I worked next to, she had a deer hit her and tear up her car. But somehow the deer was ahead of me and didn't tear up my car. And you think I'm just going to drive by and act like nothing happened? Thank you, God, for sparing my life and sparing my vehicle and not causing me any trouble. And not only that, it reminded me of all the deer that I've seen. I've seen so many deer that could have hit me, but somehow God has protected me. And when you drive and you see an accident, you pray for that accident, but you ought to thank God for all the accidents you didn't get into, all the trouble you didn't get into. When you go back and look at your uh, your photos and maybe you see yourself on the beach and oh that was a good time but you forget that in order to get to the beach you had to get up in the air but the plane went up and came down and went back up and brought you back and somehow you're still here not everybody has the same testimony don't forget what God has already done in your life we always worry about what he's doing now but we forget what he has already done and I'm grateful for what he's going to do, but also thankful for what he's already done. And he's done a lot in my life. And when I go back and I think about it, I think about the things that he's done. He's done a whole lot. And so, so not just that, but just looking around, just seeing things. And uh, I was telling my, my sons this story when me and my wife were on our honeymoon. We were on a glass bottom boat in the middle of the ocean. We were supposed to go. It was like a snorkeling excursion. And here we are, and we were in, in St. Croy Virgin Islands out in the middle of the ocean is absolutely amazingly beautiful. And the captain on the boat asked where people were from. When they got to me, I said, I'm from Indiana, but we don't have beauty like this. And he's like, don't say that. I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, I've been to Indiana and I've seen beautiful trees. I've seen red and gold and green. He said, I came to Bloomington in the fall and I seen all these beautiful leaves and it was so beautiful. I've been in the Caribbean all my life and I've never seen leaves change in colors like that. And he corrected me. I was just talking about the beauty I saw there, but I forgot the beauty that I had already had in my life. And he was telling me, don't say where you're from is not beautiful. Maybe it doesn't look like the ocean, but it reminded me. And every time we come into the fall season, I look at the beauty of Indiana. Yes, Indiana may not be Florida, but it is Indiana. And there's something special about where you are. Learn how to celebrate where you are, not just where you're going. Amen. And many times you forget and like I said, it's something I'm learning the older I am because now my kids are growing. And when we couldn't have kids and finally did have kids, I was so glad to have kids. And people would tell me, cherish it. It goes fast. 
I'm like, I'm holding my baby, my first baby in my hand. What do you mean it goes fast? But now, 15 years later, I see what them, it goes fast. If cherish those moments. Don't, don't spend all your time fussing at your kids. Do some things to enjoy life because when it's gone, it's gone. And some of you empty nesters understand I was fussing about my babies, but now it's gone, it's gone. I wish I could have them back. And so God, with his infinite wisdom, he brings you grandchildren. And that's why parents operate different with grandchildren than they did with their kids. I look at my mama and my kids and how easy she is on them. I'm wondering what happened to hard joists that I grew up with. But when you get another chance to see these kids, something happens because you have a different perspective. A grandmother and the grandfather has a different perspective than the father and the mother. It's different. So learn how to enjoy the process and praise God in the middle of it. Oh, yes, we've been through some hard times, but praise God in the middle of it all. Think about the people we've lost. And think about, uh, just in your life, the people you've lost. Think about, would you have held a grudge with them if you would have known they was going to be gone as soon as they was going to be gone? Would you have been as mad at them? Would you, would you have stopped speaking to them? Or would you, if you knew when people in your life was going to leave, it would change how you acted around them. So don't wait until they're gone to cry. Love people while you have them right here. Appreciate them while you have them now. All right, let's continue to read. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. When they begin to look at the majesty of God and even the heavens and the glory of God, the question is, why do you even care about humans? Why do you even care about mankind? What, what is so special about us that you even care being the God that you are why do you even care about us and I can't really explain it all I can say is he cares created a whole world for us heaven belonged to the Lord but he created a whole earth and said I want to make some humans to occupy my earth do you know how crazy God is about us uh, finite us no good us, smelling us, as beautiful as you are right now. And I smell good. I got some good smelling cologne. But guess what? If I don't wash, I will stink. Amen. If you don't wash, you will stink. If you think you're something special, I heard somebody say this, and it reminds me, you know what will really humble you is a white washcloth. Because a white washcloth will show you how dirty you really are. Yeah. Even after you clean, I done wash myself, I done wash my face, I feel like I'm clean, but just grab a white wash off and just rub it on you, and you find out her, how dirty you are. Just in the summertime, and you sweat, and pull out a white washcloth, and just put it over your head, and you feel how filthy you actually are. We're nothing but dust, and God cares about us. Yeah. We're nothing but dust and dirt, and God sent his son to die for us. We really are nothing. Well, let me actually change that because God knows more than we do. So instead of calling myself nothing, I might as well call myself something because if God says I'm something, I must be something. I must be worth dying for. I must be worth creating. I must be worth the sun and the stars. I must be worth everything God has done. I must be worth the oxygen that I breathe. I must be worth something. So I'm going to stop believing that I'm nothing. Amen. 
I can't be nothing and something at the same time. One songwriter says nothing from nothing leaves nothing. So I can't be nothing. I've got to be something. Well, here's the truth. I was nothing, but when I partnered with God, I became something. See, as long as you function out of nothing, you will always remain nothing. So I can have a million, I can multiply multiply it by zero, and the answer will always be zero because I brought nothing into the equation. But if I bring something into the equation, it changes everything. Yes, I should be nothing, but when God came into my life, I should be nothing, but when Jesus stepped in, I should be nothing, but because I am who I am, because of God, I am something, and I am somebody, and I won't let my trials, I won't let my troubles, I won't let my obstacles tell me anything different. If God says I am, then I am. I am a child of God. I am redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I am above only and not beneath. I am the head and not the tail. Whatever God says I am, that I am. So I'm going to be something. I'm going to act like I'm something. And let's let's say your past, your past time of being the something that you could have been. I'm 75. I'm 85. I can't be what I should have been I wasted too much time you still can redeem it by turning around and helping the next generation be what they should be it's never lost you can always help somebody be what they're supposed to be so guess what you are something and you can be something and if you miss your opportunity you can always turn around and help the next generation it's never lost it's always up and forward From here on out. Let's continue to read. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. Now what's very interesting about this verse is that when you study in the Hebrew, it says you've made them a little lower than Elohim, which some translations translate as angels. Some translations translate it as God himself. In other words, You created us just a little lower than yourself. In other words, we are more than we ever gave ourselves credit for. We we are higher than what we realize because when God created us, it was always in his mind to just make make us just a notch below him. So when you look at English or grammar, it is God, big G, But then we are God's little g. We are God under God because God is in us. Somebody say, God is in me. me. I'm going to read this verse again since they kept it up here so long. You have made them a little lower than the angels, a little lower than God himself. Now, wait a second. And crown them with glory and honor. Maybe because I got a big forehead and a bald head, you can't tell. I actually got a crown of glory on my head. I got a crown of honor on my head. You can't see it, but here's the thing. I got to know it for myself, and I got to stop letting people dishonor me because I'm crowned with honor. So you can't talk to me any kind of way because I'm crowned with honor. You can't be any kind of way you want to be to me because I'm crowned with glory. You may not be able to see it, but I'm wearing a crown of glory and I'm wearing a crown of honor. And guess what? It's not my fault. It's my daddy who gave it to me. 
Let me give you an example. It was Joseph's daddy that gave him the multicolored coat. And his brothers hated him because of what he was wearing. But it wasn't his fault. His daddy gave it to him. Well, guess what? If you're going to hate on me, you got to hate on my daddy. Because it's my daddy who crowned me with glory. It's my daddy who crowned me with honor. It's my daddy who made me who I am. It's my daddy that made me built but not built to break. So every time I bounce back, you think I should be lost, but I bounce back better than when I fell down. It's not my fault. My daddy did this. I praise God because God made me special. God made me the head and not the tail. God's the one that said no weapon formed against me shall prosper. God did it. If you're going to be mad at somebody, be mad at God because God's the one who did it. And maybe if we start seeing ourselves the way God saw us, we will stop falling for the okey-doke. Maybe you wouldn't be attracted to the type of man you're attracted to if you really knew who you were. Maybe you wouldn't be attracted to the woman you're attracted to if you knew who you were. Maybe you wouldn't settle for the job you settled for if you knew who you were. Maybe you wouldn't act the way you act if you knew who you were. Maybe you wouldn't listen to the music you listened to if you knew who you were. If you knew who you were, you would function entirely different. So I stopped by this morning to remind you a star was born when you got born again. You are somebody in God. All right, let's, let's move on. Next verse. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet. Oh, you talking about us? You made us the rulers over the works of your hand. I'm actually going to go to Genesis 1, 26 to 28. I'm going to read this and just remind us in the beginning what it said. Genesis 1, 26 to 28. This is from the King James Version. Let's go ahead with that first verse. And God said, let us make man in our image. After our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Guess what? You got authority over creeps. Some of y'all women, you keep dating creeps and don't know you got authority over them creeps. But you be keep lowering yourself down because this is what the world says you're supposed to do. Let me let you know something. You ain't got to show your whole body for a, for a man to like you. If you got to show your body for a man to like you, he a creep. And the Bible says you got authority over the creeps. You got authority over everything. You are the apex of God's creation in the very beginning. He said, when I make y'all, I'm making y'all at the top of the food chain, at the top of my creation. I'm making you special. Let's read some more. So God created man in the devil's image. Oh, wait a second. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female, Created he them in the image of God. So I don't care whatever else. I don't care what Essence Magazine says. I don't care what Cosmopolitan says. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what the BET Award says. I was created in the image of God. So I need to start acting like God more than I act like anybody else. Amen. 
nothing wrong with you liking Beyonce and Jay-Z, but I can't act like them because I wasn't created after them. I was created in the image of God, so I'm going to walk like God. I'm going to talk like God. I'm going to think like God. Not I don't always do it, but I know I can always default and bounce back to it because that's the image I was created in. That's what the Bible says in Genesis in the beginning. All right, let's go back to the, to the last of that birth, that passage. Here's the last part. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So what happens, you'll see it later in Genesis 3, Adam and Eve, they made a mistake and messed up. And all that dominion, they gave it over to Satan. But when Jesus came back, Jesus overthrew Satan so we can get the dominion back. But the problem was we didn't forgot. We forgot we're supposed to have dominion. In other words, there's some stuff you're just not supposed to be putting up with. Amen. Now, the, you are human, so some, certain things are going to happen. And you, you, you're not a magician, so things are going to happen. Things are going to break down. And it's, it's okay. Sometimes you just got to buy a new one or save money to get another one. But sometimes you have to think. One time something was going on in my life. I looked at my house. My, my toilet was messed up. The dishwasher was messed up. The, uh, the hot water heater was messing up. The furnace was messing up. And at some point I realized this ain't just stuff messing up. This is the devil. And so I start praying in the name of Jesus. Stuff in this house going to start working. I ain't buying new everything. Something going to stop working. Start working. Our dishwasher stopped working for like six months. And one day, boom, it just popped on. It's been working for the next two years. Just start working again. I don't know what happened. I don't know how it got fixed. All I know is that I had dominion and everything ain't supposed to break down at the same time. Sometimes the devil is just messing with you and you just start, you just go through the motions. Oh, life is so hard. Life is so rough. Have you ever spoke to your problem? Yeah. Have you ever just in the said, in the name of Jesus, I command. And maybe what you commanded didn't happen right away, but open your mouth and say something in the name of Jesus. That's why I love Mother Woods. Mother Woods will pray for any and everything. She'll pray for the gas prices to come down. She'll pray for stuff to happen. I love it because she didn't mind. And people thought she was crazy, but she understood the dominion that she had. I'm reminded of her, something that happened years ago. So she used to make what we would call, she would make anointed oil and water. And she would put it in a water bottle. Anybody know oil and water? They do not mix. So she'd give me a water bottle like this. It'd be oil and water. And so it, it would look real funny. And she said, Pastor Andre, I prayed over this, and God told me to give it to you. So I took it. But did I know whether or not God told her? I didn't know. So I just took it, and I put it on my dresser. But because of who I am, I don't count anybody out. But like deep inside of me, I didn't think that oil and water was going to do nothing. I thought maybe, I don't know if she missed God. Maybe she did, maybe she didn't. But I'm just going to keep it on my dresser. Six months later, I had a toilet that would not stop running. Kept trying to mess with it and just would not stop running. And the Lord said, grab the oil and water you got and pour it in the tank. I'm thinking pour it. Number one, oil and water don't mix, number one. So now I'm going to pour oil into a tank. But I did it, and I poured half of it in there and put it back on the dresser. Next thing I know, my toilet stopped running. And it didn't run for the rest of the time that I was living there. And actually, it's now the daycare, and that toilet is still running correctly. I don't know what was in the oil and water, but God knew. 
See, here's the thing. You always want to figure everything out and everything got to make sense to you. It don't make sense. Sometimes it makes faith. And when God does it, he does it. And it don't have to make sense because he's God. Yeah. And all I know is it worked. Now, could I think about, well, maybe it lubricated what it needed to lubricate. Who cares? All I know is it worked. It worked. And God told her, and she did it. And see, here's the thing. What we forget is because you think it may be silly, you don't really realize how silly it is for the person who told you to do it. You don't know how crazy it was for her to pour oil in water and put it in a water bottle and then give it to her pastor and say, God save. See, sometimes it, it, it doesn't make sense to nobody. But God knows, and when God does it, he does it, and he gets all the credit for it. Amen. So... What am I saying? I don't know what I'm saying. Go pray over your car. Pray over your shoes. Pray over your sock. Put God on everything. Remember, he is the head and he's the tail. He's alpha and he's omega. Start trusting God again. One of the problems with this new age with so much technology, we don't need to trust God anymore. I can go to Google. I can go to Alexa. I can go to Siri. But sometimes them things will let you now. You need to go to God. Not too long ago, I woke up and I asked uh, Alexa, what's the weather going to be like? She said, it's 57 degrees, but it'll get up to 62. Great. Put a t-shirt on and went out the house. I froze almost to death because <laughs> it was 57 and 62, but it was an Indiana 57. It wasn't no sun in sight. It was clouds. I was freezing cold, but I trusted Alexa. Sometimes you got to let Alexa and Siri go, and you got to trust God because God knows everything. All right, reading. Right, moving right along. We got one, I think, one point I got to put up, and this is my only point. I only have one point, and I've been saying it the whole time. Remember. Yes. Somebody say it with me. Say remember. remember. Let's put up this definition. Remember is this, have in or be able to bring to one's mind an awareness. In other words, what I'm trying to preach to you is an awareness of the majesty of your God, of someone or something that one has seen, known, or experienced in the past. Now, I'm going to share something with you that's a little deep, but we're really, we're really about done, I promise you. But it's, it's just a little deep, and I'm just going to throw it out there because I've talked about it before. i let you study it on your own. It's something called eternity past. And so what eternity past is, so in, in what we have in time, we have past, present, future. Eternity has no time. It has no past, present, and future. But for us to understand it in relationship with our time, there's something called eternity past. And eternity past is the fact that we were with God in the past before we ever showed up here as an embryo. In other words, we knew God in eternity, but when God sent us into the earth as an embryo, we forgot what we knew about God. But God sent us here to the earth, and they call that eternity past. In other words, so we have forgotten who we were. Because we've come from eternity down into time. And now we've come into this fallen sin world. But God knew us before we got here. And we knew God before we got here. We just don't have any recollection of it. But every now and then your spirit will give you a glimpse that you've been here before. We call it 
deja vu. You ever got in a situation and you felt like I've been here before? This is not the first time I've ever seen this. Let me give you an example of this uh, happened in my life. Years ago when I was young, I would always have this dream. I had this dream over and over and over. I would walk down the end of Elgin Street and where Elgin would meet McGalliard, it would turn into Chicago. And then there were these two big buildings, and I would walk into one of the buildings, these two big buildings, and I'd wake up from the dream. I think one of the buildings was a tuxedo shop. have no idea what that dream meant, but as I was growing up, I had that dream consistently, like seven, eight, nine times. Didn't know what it meant. One day, we were on a bus going to the Gospel Fest in Chicago. And as we were driving on the highway, going where we're going, we had got off the Dan Ryan and we were going through the city. I screamed from the back of the bus, and they was like, what's wrong, Andre? But I forgot. I couldn't tell anybody. But I saw them two buildings that I've been seeing all my life. I had never seen them in Chicago. Didn't know they were real, but I've been dreaming about it. And all of a sudden, I seen them. I was like, those are the buildings. And they're looking at me like, what? And I'm like, never mind. But inside me, I knew that's what I've been seeing all my life. I don't know how I saw it, but one thing I'm trying to show you, and I really don't know the fullness of the story because I've never been back up to that place. I've never seen those buildings again. All I know is my spirit has saw something before I ever arrived there in my fleshly body. And there's some stuff that goes on on the inside of you that you can't explain, but I just got a hunch. I got a feeling. I got an inkling. I got a discernment. Sometimes you get in certain places and say, something don't feel right. I'm leaving. There's some people that woke up on September the 11th and said, I don't have any vacation days, but I'm not going to work today. I just don't feel like going. Something in me says don't go to work. So I go to sleep, and then they wake up, and the twin towers are torn up, and they would have been in the building, but just something on the inside said today's not today. And I'm here to let you know in your spirit, your spirit knows more than you understand. So stop relying on your head and start learning from your spirit, because in your spirit is God. And many of y'all have some testimonies like that too. It may not be as outlandish as mine, but many things have happened. Things have happened that let you know there's something greater on the inside. So I'm asking you to remember. All right, put this picture up. Anybody remember the Lion King? Love the Lion King. But a point in the movie this part comes up, and Mufasa, the father, speaks to Simba, the son, who had run away. Now he's grown up, and he's lost his way, and he's confused. And Mufasa says, remember who you are. In other words, and put, put the picture back up for me. Let's go back to that picture. Remember who you are. You are my son and the one true king. I'm here to try to remind you, remember who you are. Because when you got born again, a star was born. But because of the trials of life, because of the devil, because of what you face, because of the debt, the depression, the divorce, the grief, the, the sickness in your body, because of what you lost, you've forgotten. You had so many trials and tribulations, you've forgotten. But I'm here to tell you, remember who you are. Remember who you are. Let's go to the final verse. 
And this will remind you. But you are a chosen people. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. God's special possession. That you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. King James says into his marvelous light. I want you to know who you are. Let me tell you again. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You're God's special possession that you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous, wonderful light. Bring up the title one more time. A star was born. Say it again. A star was born. When you got born again, a star was born. In your life, a star was born. And don't let life tell you anything different. You're something special. You're something awesome in God. Let's move into our communion. Let's stand to our feet. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Come on, online as well as here. Let's take and let's eat. All right, let's go to that next verse. After the same manner also, he took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Yes, let's drink. But remember, we're remembering the one true star, the king of all kings, Jesus. And he lives inside of us, which makes us a star as well. Let's drink the blood. Because it's the blood that sanctifies us and cleanses us. If you say, I'm not a star because I made mistakes, this blood washes and this blood cleanses final verse. I'll go ahead and read the final verse. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. But the Lord's death wasn't a sad time. The Lord's death was the beginning of the kingdom. His death was his death, his burial, and his resurrection. So whenever we take this communion, we're reminding that we serve the one who has all power in his hands. Let's bow our head and let's do our closing prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father God, we give you praise and we thank you. Thank you that a star was born when we gave our heart to you. So Father, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice who doesn't know you as their Savior, who hasn't given their heart to you, and they can't claim to be that star that I'm talking about, let them say these words. Father God, you sent your Son to die for me. I accept his work in my life and I ask that his blood will cleanse me from all my sins and from this day forward I am saved in Jesus name amen now come on let's rejoice and praise the Lord because there may be somebody watching that just gave their heart to the Lord for the first time and so we faith praise the Lord because today a star was born. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great and a marvelous week. We love you.